That is a classic show. How can you even compare the two? It was the last season of The Americans. I absolutely adored that show. Come on, we need to find some rockets. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard on Sensibly Loud Radio. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Sensibly Loud Radio. We're coming to you live here from SLM HQ on a very dreary, cold day here in Dallas. You've got me, J-Mac. It's B-Easy riding for the next hour with us. Brandon, what's going on, man? Hey, J-Mac. How's it going, man? Yeah, not too bad. It's, uh, like I said, cold and rainy here in Dallas today. And while cold is always kind of antiquated here in the South, it's still kind of a nasty day. Yeah, kind of nasty. I mean, it's something that you are, I don't know, we're always expecting it. And at least for me, I've expected a really cold and nasty winter since it got really hot over the summer. But bipolar Texas, you never know. What do you consider cold temperature wise? Cold temperature wise, anything below 40 degrees. Okay. That's that's probably pretty fair. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, people in Texas, though, I mean, if it's 60 degrees, someone will tell me it's cold outside. Yeah. It's astounding. <laughs> or, or even if it's 50 degrees, they'll deck out and look like the kid from a uh, Christmas story. Yeah, exactly. I was up in Colorado this past week, which we'll get into here in a minute. And I woke up one morning and I looked at the, the weather gauge outside and the temperature was one. <laughs> Literally one. So yeah. that's cold. You know, it's kind of like if you're in that environment for skiing and stuff, do you ever get acclimated to that? Or yeah. are you still just going to, it's just always bone chilling every time you step out? No. So it's all antiquated, right? So it's antiquated. It's all relevant, right? So right. it's one of those things where it's multifaceted. You're, number one, you're moving and working out a lot. It's hard work when you're skiing. So you're actually sweating most of the time. Typically, if it's like, you know, if it's 20, 30 degrees outside, I'm wearing nothing more than just like a shell coat with like under with one Under Armour layer and then ski pants. That's really it, because you're working out so much that you just radiate heat. So right, it right. helps keep you warm in that aspect of it. it. It is also kind of a it's not a wet cold. It's definitely dry. And as much as we've joked about dry heat and stuff like that. It's just one of those things where it helps it not feel so bad, even though it may be negative 15 and wind chill outside. It's not that it's not nearly as bad as you might anticipate. So I've never skied in my life, but can you tell me, walk you through or walk me through like what's what's your favorite parts and what's what's the worst parts? Yeah. So, man. So the biggest thing is whenever you're skiing is to try to keep yourself dry, because when you get wet, that's when you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, we're going to go with the, the South Park reference here. That sounds like a mark. <laughs> no, but <laughs> if you're dry, that's the best case scenario. So like this time I accidentally made a mistake of wearing just a T-shirt underneath instead of like an Under Armour top. And mm. I didn't have anything to like wick away sweat. So I was miserable a lot of the time because I was cold because I was actually wet. So that was a mistake on my part and I should have known better there. But the best part about skiing is really just being outside. And, you know, we spend so much time inside, you know, even doing what we we're doing, watching sports and, you know, being at sporting events, stuff like that. Majority of the time we're inside or at work. It's just all of it. It's just great to be out in the wilderness and just kind of be free and not really held to anything. I love going out there, putting my headphones in. I'll put like one side in so I can hear what's going on around me and just, you know, listen to some music and just take it all in, man. It's gorgeous out there. That's the best part about it. 
Yeah. I mean, I do agree. Cause I have been to Colorado several times with one of my good buddies and camped out in uh, West Colorado, just outside of Creed and just being out in that, in, in the, the great outdoors, you know, and the, the crisp air. And it's just, it's a, it's a totally different environment uh, compared to Texas or anywhere else. And just being in the mountains and the, the serenity of all of it is just really, it's really great. And I, I recommend it for everybody. Just get out of town, get out of the concrete jungle. There's something about this, the deafening silence that's actually refreshing at times. I would agree with you there. Uh, yeah. I'd say the best part about skiing is really that if one, if you're not in shape for it, I mean, it can really kick your ass if you don't, you know, you're not ready to do it. I've been going for a long time. I've kind of been doing it since college. So I really, really am used to it by now. But it can really be a tough day out there and getting caught in storms and all that kind of stuff. It's never fun, man. Like the greatest days are the ones where it's, you know, 30, 40 degrees outside and sunny wear with the sunglasses. You don't even really need goggles and just build a sea for miles and take it in. So, you know, that's the it's a flip of the coin whenever you go, which is always, you know, kind of unnerving i mean driving through some of those mountain passes and everything in colorado you know how they are even in the summertime the wintertime is even worse though because you've got ice and all that to deal with but it's you know it's all it's not that bad it's a lot of fun it really is it's really relaxing it's something that we do every year uh but this year was even more i think important for me just because it was the first year that i got to get away from pretty much a year straight of content creation for this stuff and that was nice other than the fact that as soon as i landed in denver the Mavericks made this in, this enormous trade, and of course I had to call into the basketball show while they were doing that to you know to get my my takes off on that because you know no days off apparently. <laughs> yeah, well you know when you have uh, something that's kind of a, a gold mine for uh, jumping on for content purposes, you gotta you gotta jump on it. Oh, and I mean don't get me wrong. I mean I created content while I was there. We worked on some some stuff that people are gonna kind of find out about here in the coming months. So I'm not want to give too much away, but. There was definitely some work going on there, especially with Sam and I both being there and and all that. So, and as we prepare for you know another season of the outfielder, I mean the spring's going to be here not too long, and you know we're kind of getting getting ready for the final push. We got a lot of big things for that show coming up this year. I'm really really excited about season two. Yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to that as well as as everything else we have on the plate for this coming year that everybody's going to see very soon. I know it. One of my favorite things that's been happening that we've been doing more of is this live broadcast stuff. We did a, a live broadcast on, what was that, Wednesday night for the uh, tr NBA trade deadline. That yep. was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I was behind the scenes uh, producing and broadcasting out to Facebook, uh, YouTube, and I believe we were also doing Periscope. But, uh, yeah, you guys were really hitting it pretty well. And, of course, uh, you got to love Kyle with his pose. Always, dude, just his Titanic pose. Did you like kind of? running all that but also kind of not having to be a content creator and just kind of work in the background yeah i enjoyed that a lot because i think whenever we did the afc championship watch party uh i was having to do that plus take part and so it's just kind of like i'm having to go back and forth and make sure we're catching any sort of comments from uh our listeners going into uh youtube as well as uh facebook and and then at the same time it's kind of like hey brandon what do you think about that i'm like uh Duh half of that but uh i think it's this you know so <laughs> you know it's a lot of multitasking and um so i really enjoy just just doing that and letting you guys you know do all the content that is the the greatest part but also the most nerve-wracking part of producing because you've got like 17 things you're trying to figure out keep an eye on volumes and you know making sure that nothing is too high and too low to make sure everything's pleasing to the listener and to make sure everything's done properly 
And, you know, you're also kind of there at a lot of times to be sort of a consultant or something like that to look up, you know, things, stats, whatever. And whenever someone catches you off guard and you're in the midst of doing something else, it, it's, you know, <laughs> it's a little bit of a, a deer in the headlights kind of moment like, uh, pardon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, But that's the thing is, is I really enjoy doing this and it's, it's challenged me and it's, I really like, you know, the process of, of creating music and sound and all that stuff. So it's been really fun and, uh, and fascinating at the same time and, and all for a good purpose. But I know that you've encountered that as well, uh, having producing, uh, you know, taking turns producing the Just Peachy show. Yeah, man. So they're on episode five already and they are killing it, man. They are just loving every second of it. This la- Did you hear this last episode? Have you gotten to it yet? I- yeah, I've gotten I've gotten halfway through it. Dude. I need to listen to the last half. <laughs> they whenever they got onto the talk about the multi-level marketing schemes and all that, whenever they were talking about how they hate those the people that always hit you up on Facebook, be like, Hey, I haven't talked to you since high school. You know, mm-hmm. do you want to buy my product? You know, those types of people, I was losing it. I was like, these, they're killing it here. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I think you and I were talking about something like that. Uh, I had someone I used to work with who would just start cropping up because they ended up working for a realty company around here. Like, oh, Brandon, so how, how things been going? Are things great? And, and I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, well, it's cool. It's good hearing from this person. Then next thing you know, like they're just like, oh, uh, so you're interested in getting a house? And, you know, I'm like, OK, I see what you're doing here. I'll exactly. your motive. Exactly. Um, so like that kind of stuff is is so annoying. But so they're killing it. They're, they've got great talk going on. That stuff is so annoying, so I'm glad they kind of brought it to light and really yep. decided to kind of to go down the rabbit hole with it. So I look forward to more of that. Like I said, they're five episodes in, man, and they're absolutely destroying it. They're, I mean, there's it's crazy to look back on whenever we started, and you know, and we're not a ton of episodes into this show, but we've also done a lot of the other shows too. It just where we were in comparison to where they were in episode five, it's great, man. I'm 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 happy to see it's going well so far. Yeah, I'm really happy because I know you and I did a lot of test episodes before we started doing these official ones that have come out on the streams. And, um, you know, it's taken a little bit of took a little bit of work in the beginning for us. But we were trying to really find like, well, what direction we want to take this thing? How do we want to format it? And I think when uh, Claire and Caitlin came together for Just Peachy, it just everything they just have this synergy to them to where they didn't even need uh, a practice episode. I know, you know. I know it, man. I was the whole time in Colorado. I was reviewing through those shows and trying to give notes, and it's it's tough to give notes to someone when they don't really need them much. So. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm very happy for them. I'm really interested to see how things are gonna really take off. I've had a lot of other uh, uh, listeners come up to me recently and just say, like, you know, those girls are really doing a really good job. Same, man. Same. So something else that happened in Colorado. So you're, we're all familiar with the Carl drop by this point, aren't we? Yep. You want to pull that thing up real quick and play that? Yeah, let's see here. Our buddy Carl <laughs> is such a legend on this show already. We made a video not too long ago where we were talking about how, well, so uh, I guess this started back a little bit further than that. We were out skiing a couple years ago and Carl didn't make this trip. And so we told him that we would make a video of me skiing down the mountain and screaming Carl's name. And so... We have since cut this drop of me skiing straight lining down a mountain, screaming this. Ah! 
<laughs> it's so wild, right? And so Carl absolutely loves this. He thinks this is amazing. And so Carl actually made the trip with us this year. And the good news is Carl decided to make a rebuttal video. All right. And so I was we were going to do this again, and I was going to scream something else, but I, I really couldn't decide on what to scream. And Carl decided one day whenever they were going tubing that he was going to take matters into his own hands. So he filmed himself front-facing camera going down the mountain, and he just screams the following. Yeah. Thank you. Me! there's so many things that i love about that first of all the fact that they had hinder playing in the background is unbelievable (laughs) hinder of all bands i don't know but that was uh that was a great rebuttal from our friend carl we'll even give him an applause Absolutely amazing. <laughs> the other thing about this trip that was great was the amount of conversations that we had that were just so off the rails. And yeah. I think we're going to have Carl call in for one specific one because we got to discussing the safety and just the absurdity of water parks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they are absurd. I do agree with you on that. Dude, those places are death traps. So we'll have Carl call in. I don't want to kill that content. I want to save that for a little bit later. We'll have Carl uh, call in sometime here pretty soon and talk about the, you know, the dangers that he sees in water parks. But it led to us talking about all all kinds of things like lawn darts, and it just, it got to be out of control. It was wild. (laughs) Uh, Another thing that we haven't gotten to talk about since uh, we wrapped the last show was the fact that the Patriots won the Super Bowl. That's right. Not too bad. 98 days between championships was really rough, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw a bunch of people post, like, you know, these parents and stuff, or they're like, you know, I've lived 50 years on this earth, and, you know, and then my kid has seen this many championships of my teams, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's wild, dude. It really is. It just it it just seems to be a carousel at this point. I actually ordered another Cue the Duck Boats t-shirt this time with the Patriots players instead of the Red Sox. Felt like I had to. Now you just need the Bruins to do something with their team. Yeah, man, or the Celtics, one of the two, but the Celtics are in an absolute free fall right now. So that's that's a whole other topic to get into on the basketball show that I won't go into right now. Yep. So what are your thoughts on the game? Man, uh, I thought it was the de- defensive smash mouth type football for the first half and then just stinky offense for the second. But I can't say that I'm that surprised. I don't know why people would bet against Brady and Belichick twice in a row. You just had to say smash mouth. Dude, don't. Oh, my God. I'm glad you brought that up. Fuck those guys, man. I'm so tired of those guys. So have we talked about my me on Twitter in general, like with athletes? And there's some people on Twitter that do not care for me. Have we talked about that on this show? I think we did. but It was one of the earlier episodes. So long, very long story short, I've gotten into it with several different athletes. I've been blocked by several. There's several different pundits that will not that don't either don't respond to me or just have me muted entirely. JB and I are known to kind of go after people on Twitter a little bit at times. I'm less aggressive than I was, but there was a point in time back in a couple years ago that the Red Sox had signed Pablo Sandoval. And Pablo Sandoval was a third baseman who had played for the New York, excuse me, New York Giants, the San Francisco Giants. 
And he signed a big day, big name free agent deal in Boston and was an absolute horror show of a player. And I never wanted them to sign this deal in the first place. At the time, I was kind of like, I don't really want them to do this, but they need an upgrade at third base. But it really just didn't work out. He got caught liking Instagram photos during a game on his phone like at one point and while he like you know during you know like a half inning he was in the bathroom liking photos on his phone and (laughs) he continually showed up fat and overweight and just was an absolute asshole just in general to the point where the Red Sox just said you know what we're just gonna cut bait we'll see you later we'll pay you the money we're gonna go ahead and give you money to leave because you're more of a problem on the field than you are like off if we just get rid of you yeah that just causes a distraction correct and so I had had a few Rob Roy's one night and had had a few choice things to say about Pablo Sandoval on Twitter. This was actually, I take that back. He had, after he got caught, caught uh, cut by the Red Sox, excuse me, he went and signed a minimum deal with back with the Giants and was just kind of like there as a backup third baseman kind of guy. And so that's when I talked a bunch of shit on Twitter after a few Rob Roy's. Apparently, the band Smash Mouth is from... The Bay Area, which I didn't know. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so those guys are from the Bay Area. And having grown up in the Bay Area, like I'm not, I love the Bay Area. Don't get me wrong. Just had no idea that Smash Mouth was from there. And I woke, I went to bed after this and I woke up to about 70 or 80 notifications on my phone. And was like, what the hell is going on? And Smash Mouth had chirped back at me about me calling out this baseball player. And apparently they do this to a lot of people. I was irritated to say the least, but I found it good fodder. And at the time, whatever, I didn't really care. Fast forward to like a week or not even a week ago, like a couple days ago, we were talking about, I was conversing with some people back and forth on Twitter about, about baseball. And we were talking about the giants again, for some reason, and somebody tagged smash mouth in it. And I said something to the effect of it's 2019 and smash mouth still sucks terribly or something like that. Hashtag music. They responded back with a video of a song of theirs called Sorry About Your Penis. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I didn't know how to respond to that specifically. I guess that one didn't make it very big on uh, MTV. I don't think so. And so I said, ha ha ha, so thin skin that you had that one locked and loaded, huh? Pretty pathetic. In which they responded back, lol, there are two versions which I don't understand why they responded back to that way. Right, yeah. And, of course, I responded my smart-ass way. Couldn't get it right the first time, huh? (laughs) But you know what? Like, my thing is, I don't need to be dealing with Smash Mouth again right now. This, Like, I just had a nice week off of all of this, of actually being kind of, like, non-existent on the social medias and all that stuff, which is never really a thing for me. I don't need them picking a fight with me again. And why are these people watching me? <laughs> yeah. Well, and two, you've kind of uh, you kind of hit it on the head there of how thin skinned. I think it's really I don't know if it's the entire band, but just the lead singer, because you uh, showed me a video when they were performing in Colorado. I guess it was like earlier this decade. And 
somebody in the crowd was throwing bread at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because of course JB came back in and tweeted, "Hey, let's not lose our heads like you did during the bread incident of 2015." And I texted him, I was like, "What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> and that's when he sent me yeah. that article. So anybody who hasn't seen the video, which you can definitely go find it on YouTube, but. You know, it's it's some festival that's outside of uh, looks like an arena or something like that. It's in Denver. Day, sunny, nice day. Perfect for music, you know. And there's a little bit of a crowd gather because, you know, they love the all-star song, I guess. So all of a sudden, as the band's coming to the stage, you just see like little pieces of bread being thrown from, you know, maybe like five, six people back in the crowd and it's hitting the lead singer and so he gets on the mic and he was just like dropping mf bombs and he was just like you better come up if you want to throw that you know come up here and be a man about it and come and fight me you know and and then he got so pissed because they they still kept throwing the bread despite all this yeah and <laughs> Good he's trying to call out the person so he's almost going in the crowd and the security guys like hold him back like hey hey this isn't going to be good for relations you know and and finally they went to the song the band's like already playing the all-star song they're just like okay you're gonna get your shit together and start singing or what that's so awkward dude it's so incredibly awkward and it's yeah. great to watch so like i was talking to a buddy of mine about this and he was like no it's got to be their like team or something they must have somebody run their social media but then yeah. when you start looking into stuff like that it almost leads you to believe that that may not be the case it may not. Um, you know, I'm sure they've made a lot of money and royalties off of the songs they've come out with over the years. But sure. who knows? Maybe they decided like, well, no, we got the, you know, maybe the, the Twitter's run by that guy. Dude, it almost feels like it. And I, part of me doesn't want to believe that. And, the, and, and then another part of me is kind of like, well, why do they care what I have to say about Pablo Sandoval for of all people? Right. Again, I didn't even I wasn't even aware they were from the Bay Area. That's the that's the most confusing part about this to me. And so I'm like, why are you going after me? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how they keep getting involved, but this is the second time now. And I'm definitely not thrilled about it. So we'll see. I left it at that. I'm not going to burn them too bad yet because I feel like somehow they're going to make it back into the mix here at some, some point. And that's when I drop the hammer on them. Yep. Because a third time is unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. It, and two, it's kind of like, hey, the entire world can see this. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, there are two people out there. There's like the people that are like, OK, I got to be cautious about what I post. And there's the other people where they're like any any uh, any attention is good attention. Sure. I mean, I don't give a shit. I really don't care if people like my opinions or not. But yeah. regardless, I don't understand why Smash Mouth is out there defending C minus baseball players. That's. <laughs> I think that's the most <laughs> confusing part. Well, he probably uh, parties with them. I don't know. Maybe, but I mean, do they really not have anything else better to do the, with their time? But at the same time, ah, th they may not. <laughs> they get together and talk about anti-bread diets, you know? Yeah, maybe so, man. Maybe so, because bread clearly pisses them off. So that's been a whole damn thing around here lately. Nice and annoying. Gotta love something that gets under the founder's skin, though, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, which sometimes it doesn't take much and sometimes it does. <laughs> yeah, man. It really just depends on the day and what all I've got go on my plate right now. But it's just in the midst of everything that you and I have had going on that we've already talked about. We're in the midst of this new website design and all that, which is taking a lot of our time. Oh, which uh, speaking of bread, I, I totally forgot this, Jim. Oh, uh, rye bread. <laughs> Amazing. 
but we're in the midst of you know design this new website and all this stuff and it just it's not the time or place right now to push my buttons if you're smash mouth i'm not trying to fight with mediocre 90s bands yeah Tw- 2000s that's, bands that's definitely what they are now they they really claimed the fame in uh late 90s with the what was it walking on the sun or something yeah. like that which is not a bad song not a bad song but fuck those guys is all i can tell you but if you're also yep. the other part of me is with this too is if you're writing songs called sorry about your penis i mean <laughs> yeah. that sounds like something by weird al yeah it does did you ever go listen to it no i don't I don't have time for that. <laughs> I didn't have time to have this conversation in the first place, man. I don't know how this all started to begin with. Right, right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, you know, I guess we'll live another day on Twitter, but apparently Smash Mouth is out on the watch. So if Creed yep. starts popping up or some shit like that, I'm out of here. I'm out. I'm done with it. With the arms wide open. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, Bullshit. Scott's oh, man. But yeah, so it's been a wild west around here. All kinds of crazy stuff going on. What have you been up to? What have, what's been going on in your world? What's been going on in your entertainment world? Entertainment world. I've been following some news here closely, which we'll get into here in a bit. But lately, I've been uh, really just following. There's not too much in terms of movies I've, I've been seeing, but there's a few movies coming out this month that I definitely want to check out. Uh, but really, it's just been following True Detective. That's been my go-to every week that I'm following religiously. So every Sunday night, there's a new episode. There's only three episodes left. And I've got to say that this has just been a a smash hit of a season. I probably would put it up there to be my favorite, if not as good as season one. I like the characters in this more than season one. Season one, you know, you had these characters and, and they had good rapport with one another. But to be honest, like both characters were just, they're kind of, they were just pieces of shit. Whereas in this season, these guys have, you know, they're not perfect and they have some rough edges, but they're actually good people and they mean good. So I really like the, the, the writing of the show, the whole production, the acting is, is superb. So I'm really interested to see how this season, you know, ends up. As soon as it's done, I fully expect you to watch it. I'm going uh, to. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to. I can't wait. Yep. I just feel like it's something I need to binge, you know? Yeah. No, I... Exactly. One of my other friends is going to be doing the same thing. Yeah. Can't wait, though. You said there's three episodes left? Yeah. Okay. So they just did episode five last week. Tonight's going to be episode six, and there's there's a total of eight. And and at this point, you still don't know who did it, who did mm-hmm. what, how things have... I mean, there's, there's different theories you can come up with, but having the three different timelines be- between 1980, 90, and 2015, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I like. There's just There's still a lot of mystery to it. I feel like a lot of shows have gone to that thing where a timeline is set just a couple years ago. And I kind of like that. Yeah. Because it makes you really, you re, you remember that pretty vividly. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not every detail of 2015 or something like that, right? But you remember, mo- you know, big momentous things that would have happened in 2015. And so whenever you're watching a show, it's almost like you can put yourself there a lot easier. Yeah, that's true. It keeps in perspective. And even with the 90s, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember when Jinkos were a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's that's a given. You think Ben yeah. was a Jinkos guy? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think Ben was a Jinkos guy. I think he had jorts. Well, <laughs> I'm, I bet you that Ben still has jorts. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's a given. What do you think, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's probably hanging next to a Civil War uniform. Probably so. I, I just pictured... I don't know. Maybe that's too mainstream for Ben, though. Yeah, maybe. You think... I you, always felt like Ben was very anti, you know, whatever's popular. Yeah. Well, he said that himself. Yeah. So let's let's think about this. Who at the company was most likely to have Jinkos? So it wouldn't be Kyle Beats. I don't know. Who until recently Kyle, a lot of people thought was black for some reason. <laughs> until we did the live show and then we're just like, oh, it's a white guy doing a Titanic pose? What's yeah. Going on? <laughs> it was really, really strange. That was really strange feedback we got from some people. I, I like how Josh was just like, yeah, this is this is what I look forward to every week when we do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, why do you think I do this show? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kyle, I don't think Kyle. I'm going to eliminate Kyle out of here. Okay. What do you think about Josh? I, based on the what we learned on the live show about Josh with the, the legs that had maybe four inches around, uh, I don't think Josh was maybe a Jinko's guy either. No, I don't think so either. Um, he's probably wearing like gym shorts or something. Um, okay, so you go next. Eliminate the next one. Other people to eliminate. Uh, and we're just talking about the guys here. Yeah, obviously. I was going to say, I think we can get Claire and Caitlin up out of there. <laughs> you know, unless Caitlin had like a really tomboy phase. Uh, oh, man. You know. That'd be so funny. I'd pay so much to see Caitlin in a pair of Jinkos just because. Yeah, just because. Just, just um, to see her rock them and see how she could pull it off somehow, though, man. She's. She's stylish. Yeah. She's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could eliminate Sam. I think Sam might be our Jingo's winner. Could you imagine if Sam was wearing that American Eagle shirt with the <laughs> that he has with the with the Jinkos? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna uh record an episode of the outfielder this week, so we'll ask him about that. Yeah. And we okay. do have we eliminated Ben or no? I don't think so. I don't know. I think he's kind of on the fence. I don't see him wearing Jinkos, though. You? Do you ever have Jinkos? I, I never had Jinkos. My uh, cousins who were roughly around my age had them, and I was always envious because they had them and never ended up getting them. That's that's a good thing. Same for me. Except yeah. I wasn't really envious of it. Yeah, I was just more envious because my, uh, my cousin Travis was, I don't know, he was always like wearing something different, and... Uh, you know, you just kind of wanted to fit in the times in the mid nineties and sure. Yeah. That's all it was. My mom saved me from that. Yep. I'll never forget. My stepdad saw a buddy of mine that had Jinkos on it. It had the little uh, carpenter like handle thing, oh. you know, for a hammer technically or whatever in them. And yep. my stepdad was like, well, what does he need that for? And I think I answered something to the effect of like, oh, you know, so he could like carry a hammer or something. And he was like, what does he need a hammer for to bash someone's head in? <laughs> I was like, Jesus, no. <laughs> How graphic. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, so other than True Detective, uh, the other night I didn't really have anything going on and anything to watch. And it's one of those things where I've, I've been wanting to watch the new season of Punisher, but it's like once you get started on something, you kind of feel like you have to finish it. I'm like, man, I really don't want to start something else right now. So I was going around with the Plex server my friend has set up, and uh, – so I, I'm a big fan of the original Taken movie, but I did not like Taken 2. And I knew Taken 3 came out and heard it was not that good. But I was just some sort of part of me being the completionist that I am. I'm like, I've, I've got to watch it. There's, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, mindless action movie. And about, I'd say, five minutes into it, I wanted to turn it off. It was just so bad. Um, 
for the story and everything. But the, the thing that always takes me out of a film is whenever the director or uh, director of cinematography is the camera's going everywhere and you have a hard time understanding what's going on. And on top of that, the way they edited it, there's a scene where he's, where Brian Mills, Liam Neeson's character is jumping over a fence. And as he's jumping over a fence, it's like, okay, here's a shot close up. Here's a shot to the left. Here's a shot to the right. Here's an overhead shot. Here's, and they do that like bam, 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 all within like a nanosecond. So it's ridiculous. It's like, well, how am I supposed to keep up with this chase? And I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Sounds like some Ocean's Eleven shit. Yeah, it was it was so ridiculous, man. Um, and Ocean's Eleven was even better directing than this was. It, it, it was just it was just bad. I'll tell you something. There's a a very obvious indicator that I can tell when a movie's going to be bad. It typically means that the title contains the number three. <laughs> like they couldn't come up with a creative title. Correct. Yep. Because you look at the Batman trilogy with Christopher Nolan. Fine. No problem. There wasn't a three in it. Die Hard. You look at, you know, Fast and the Furious 2 or 3. <laughs> too Fast, on. Too Furious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> fast and the Furious 7, for God's sakes. Those right. are usually pretty big indicators that that movie isn't going to be great. They're pretty big indicators. I will say, though, that I think it was like the fifth Fast and Furious movie was actually really good. And then they started getting better until I think the last one that came out was just horrible. Yeah. Uh, so no. You never know. Sometimes a franchise can find life. Yeah, but usually, but I, I mean, the Hangover 3 didn't do any better than the Hangover 2. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. You know, there should be creative titles. Correct. And I just think that you put it, I mean, it's just like the transporter or any other damn thing like that. You put the same basic story into a movie and it's, I mean gets played out uh, yeah it was played out after the first one and then they decide to make two more after that which is always a mistake for whatever reason i guess it's a money grab though right yeah now how about major league Ooh, the first one's still the best yeah yeah second one was still pretty good though still pretty decent yeah it again it's usually not till it gets to three two can be okay at times there are obviously some very bad sequels but there's some good sequels too yep that's true do you find do you prefer a prequel or a sequel? Man, that's that's a interesting question. I prefer a sequel because and my argument is Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. When they did the prequels with Jar Jar Banks and that shit. Oh my god. <laughs> that just put a bad taste in my mouth. I think I don't even count those films. It's like I knew what the story was and the origin story of how Darth Vader came to be. I didn't need to see it. Didn't expect you to go to be or to be going to war this episode with Jar Jar Binks. I love it. <laughs> uh, fuck that character. Yeah, I, I see the vision. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not the the aficionado the aficionado there, so I can't really. Are there any um, prequel uh, films that you've enjoyed? Uh, that's what I'm trying to think of. Um, give me some famous ones that you can think of. Hold on, let's just do a quick Google search. Oh boy, here we go. So mall rats, first of all. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So I'm going through the top ten best prequel movies. I just found like a random website. Okay. Uh, this I wholeheartedly agree with because I almost never enjoy these movies. X Men First Class. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's one I forgot about. First Class was really good. Okay, I'm not a big X Men guy. Monsters University. That was a good one. 
I don't think I saw that one. Dude, John Goodman is Mike. It's just incredible. <laughs> John Goodman's just incredible. In general, yeah. Uh, Casino Royale. Eh, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't really consider that a prequel. Like, you have you have Bond actors, and so they end up, like, uh, phasing out because of old age, and you mm-hmm. get a new Bond, and you can pretty much do with what, what you want. And that's based off of a, a book, and it wasn't like it was ever remade. So... I don't know. I don't count that as a prequel. Okay, fair. Batman Begins from 2005. That's the first Christian Bale one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could say, yeah, that's like starting with the origin story, which that's that kind of segues into what I wanted to talk about next. So, you know, obviously we've had Ben Affleck as Batman, and it's been kind of a poor outing with the DCU films, and DCU is now dead. Now it's just going to be like Aquaman and Wonder Woman and nothing else is going to be done from those films. So they're restarting uh, Batman and uh, the new film comes out next year. It's been in development the last couple of years. And so the same director did uh, War of the Planet of the Apes, a uh, really good director. He's, he's taking it very seriously. And that, well, you know, we've had so many incarnations of Batman on film, but the thing that they've always missed out is what's in the comics, which is, He's the ultimate, like, true detective of the world. Mm-hmm. And so there, that detective element to it and investigating and kind of that mystery part of it is not been part of what's on film. What's on film, it's all about, like, okay, yeah, he's a crime fighter. He can punch people. And I think films that did it the best are the, the Batman Begins franchise, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy, as a lot of people call it because they kind of got that nice balance of everything with, okay, he's brooding and there is some detective stuff in, in the dark night, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not what you see in the graphic novels. So right now they have uh, casting auditions underway. And I heard that this is not going to be the origin story of Batman. It's like, he's already been doing it for a few years. Mm-hmm. They're just going to show him like early on in his career and, uh, do something different, you know, because there's so many different stories in the graphic novels. So right now, um, I'm kind of interested to see what you thought about this. And so based on what I've heard about what they're going to do with the character, that speaks to me. And I'm like, yes, okay, I want to see some somebody, you know, um, take Batman and make it as true to what I'm used to with the graphic novels and him being a detective and, you know, have something more true to that than just, you know, somebody punching people in the face. So right now the casting auditions underway in, in LA, there's a couple of rumors coming out. So I don't know which one's true and which one isn't kind of the same thing always goes with uh, bond actors, but right now it's a uh, army hammer uh, names like Robert Pattinson, Ben Barnes, who uh, who's in the Punisher and Westworld, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And then there's others that are a little bit more far-fetched in my opinion, like John Hamm, John Krasinski and Jamie Dornan. They're trying to play somebody who is in their early to mid thirties because you got to set it up for, okay, for the next 10 years, we're going to see this guy. And Batman's kind of in his prime in the 30s and not 40s and 50s, like mm-hmm. John, for example, who's old as hell. I don't, none of those names really sound great. Right. But at the same time, uh, go back 30 years ago uh, to 1989 when the announcement of Michael Keaton and a lot of people are like, oh, Mr. Mom's going to be Batman. What the <laughs> hell? Yeah. True. No one gave him a chance. And now when you ask a lot of people, they're like, oh, my favorite Batman of all time is Michael Keaton. You know, so you just you never know what can happen. And when Christian Bale uh, was announced, he really was just doing indie films at the time. He wasn't really the big name that he is today. You know, he did like The Machinist right before he did Batman Begins and had to put on 
so many pounds of muscle. I think it was like 80 pounds of muscle just to bulk up in the shape. And he took that franchise and made it like a $2 billion franchise. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I Just still none of those names sound even... I definitely don't want Robert Pattinson, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are like the Twilight guy, you know, and even yeah. I don't see him either. But I always liked, uh, I like Army Hammer. Um, he's been in a few films like he was in. Um, he was in that one with the guy who played Superman. OK, uh, yeah, I like this guy. Yeah. OK, yeah. I forgot who that was. Yeah, he's he's pretty decent. He's good. I think he could do a good job. And Ben Barnes. When that name was thrown out um, a couple days ago, I go, oh, man, I didn't even think about him. So he's on uh, The Punisher, and he he plays, uh, I think his name is uh, Shatterglass or Shatter, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also on Westworld, and he's a really good actor, has a lot of range. and He was in The Social Network as well. Yeah, that's right. He was in The Social Network. But I could see him, um, but I really want... Uh, I would really like Jake Gyllenhaal to do it, but at the same time, he's a bit older. No, dude, I don't want him to do it. I, I think he's a great actor. Uh, have you? So, have you seen most of his films? I've seen a decent amount of them. I'm looking. I'm just looking at his list right now. I, I, I don't. It's one of those things. I don't mind him as much, but I just don't picture him as Batman, considering how much Spider-Man stuff has gone on. Yeah. That's true, because he he was announced and he's in the next Spider-Man film coming out where he plays Mysterio. Uh, I'm, you know, I saw the trailer and I'm like, what the hell is he doing in this movie? Because it's just, you know, you get into the CGI fest type movie and Jake Gyllenhaal has really kind of come in his own the last uh, decade being like a very gritty actor. Like with Nightcrawler, he was excellent. Uh, and one of my favorite parts that he's, he did, he played a detective uh, in Prisoners where he starred opposite of Hugh Jackman. That's an excellent film if you have not seen it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got some great stuff. I mean, October Sky is actually a really good movie. He's a great actor in that movie. I mean, we can't even not talk about Donnie Darko, though. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, he's brought, like, some aggressive grit to a lot of the films from this decade. Yeah, no, uh, but, I mean, he's always been a good actor. I don't I don't mean that to discredit him is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. saying that I don't know if I picture him as Batman. I, I have a hard time with that. Yeah, and he's he's older now. I, I want to say he's God. I don't even know how old he is, but he's got to be in his forties or something. And so that already, to me, disqualifies him from the age range. And so that's just one of those things. Like these are just the names that are just kind of thrown out there. Some of it's probably rumor, um, you know. But I like Army Hammer and Ben Barnes the best out of the rumored list. But I really hope that they just go with an unknown. Like if they go with an unknown actor, that's even better because a lot of people kind of knew Christian Bale a little bit on the radar if they had seen American Psycho at the time. But uh, a lot of people didn't know him, you know, when he was uh, starting out in Batman Begins. Maybe we should get Ben to go up there and audition. (laughs) Do you think they're doing open casting for this? They must be, right? Ben can play Robin. (laughs) He can can bring his Jinkos if he owns them. Which I don't think Robin's going to show up in this. It's just going to be very gritty. So did... Hmm. The, in the the trilogy with Christian Bale, did they leave it open to where Robin could come into play? They did, right? But they just never did anything with it. Yeah, at the very end. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. But it, it was just kind of a a nod and a wink to the comic book lore, and the guy's like, "Oh, well, my first real name is Robin," and you know, and he shows up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of saw it more of like he wasn't going to become Robin, but he was going to become 
the next Batman or the or Nightwing, which is typically that's what Robin becomes mm-hmm. when he gets older. Right. True. Be it, so do we have any timetable on this? What this is supposed to look like? Uh, it's supposed to be coming out uh, next year in 2021. So after the audition is set, and then I'm sure whoever they name, people are going to be all upset, just like they always have been. You know, everybody was upset, went batshit crazy, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> when Heath Ledger was announced as the Joker. And they were just like, really? That guy? The gay cowboy? And then look what happened. Mark that. Um, yeah. <laughs> really? That guy? The gay cowboy? No, but um, it's going to be... So, okay, so this is 2021. So that's two years away. No, three years away. And when is the Joker backstory movie coming out? So that... Uh, I know that's separate, but... Yeah, they're post-production on that, so they're in the editing phases. They they wrap uh, cinematography and all that, uh, I think like a month or two ago. I think that comes out later this year. I think it's supposed to be October of this year. Brandon, you have 15 seconds. Give me three Sam Elliott movies besides A Star is Born. Uh, we Were Soldiers. Uh, yeah, I can. Nothing, huh? Nope, got We Were Soldiers, though. That's an excellent one. Wow. No one- See, I couldn't tell if that question was too easy or too hard. Uh, uh, why, why didn't I think about uh, uh, Big Lebowski? Exactly. That was the that was another one I was considering putting in there with a star is born to keep from saying because I thought what's for a, sure you'd get what's that. What's another major one that he's in that I probably uh, should? The other one I had. Where is it in my notes? Uh, he was in the hero. He was in Roadhouse. Yeah, lots of stuff like that. It's kind of funny you brought him up because uh, oh god, Roadhouse. Yeah, I should have got that one. <laughs> But he's he's been in a lot of films that are like not that popular, you know. Like, I want to say, like, I think he was more well known in the seventies and early eighties with a lot of stuff, for sure. Uh, but you know, I just he stood out to me, and we were soldiers because he was just that tough uh, sergeant or whatever his rank was, where there'd be in a firefight, he's just standing up like, "Well, you're not going to fight, you know, the war's not going to fight itself from down there, son," and True. picks him up off the ground. But um. Yeah, it's funny you brought him up because I saw there's some movie that just came out, some independent film that he stars in called, like, The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Bigfoot. That's the name of the huh? title. What? What? <laughs> and it shows him, like, uh, like a rifleman or something, and I don't know. I, I'm guessing it's about, like, I, maybe he did. I don't know. This feels like something we need to watch. Yeah. I don't even know what the, the plot is, but I just remember seeing it on uh, IMDb the other day. We need. We definitely need to look into this, and this is something we need to check into further. Okay. Because I don't think that's something that can stand out there without more people. How do not more people know about that than you would think? I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it's it's some independent film coming out, you know, in Angelica theaters and stuff. But, yeah, more people are talking about his role in The Star is Born, which I thought was really well done. Um, you know, is is more emotional side of him than you see in a lot of the films. The man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Yeah. What the hell is this, dude? Ron Livingston's in it? Yeah, dude. The guy from Office Space. Oh, my God. And Ada Turner's in it? Holy cow. Oh, man. I guess man. it came out last year. Or no, it says it's yep. released. Okay, so this just came out two days ago. That's why it came up. 
Straight to video. Wait, so it came out two days ago. It's listed as 2018. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. IMDb must I'm have sure got it, it wrong. Was, I'm sure it came out in um, you know select theaters or do, something like that. Do you think it was so bad that it went straight to VHS? You mean Betamax? <laughs> yeah. No, that's the point. It was so bad that it went straight. It skipped DVD entirely, Blu-ray, well, everything, and went straight down to VHS. On IMDb, it's only got a 5.7 out of 10, which isn't that bad considering like i've seen movies listed on there with like a three or four and i've seen movies that have a 5.7 or six and they're just okay you know 876 people have reviewed this that is astounding 13 percent of people said this was a 10 <laughs> <laughs> there's almost no chance the highest is 17 and a half that said it was a six 153 people that's astounding to me there's no way that's correct right yeah maybe there were people that worked on the film Dude, what do you what do you think the main age group is on it? <laughs> I don't even know. Looks like there's a lot of flashback scenes with where there's uh, someone who played his character when he was younger. So the the storyline is an old bitter recluse, once a legendary assassin for the U.S. government, who's tasked to kill Hitler, almost changed the course of World War II, is asked to come back from retirement for one final secret mission: to track down and eliminate the Bigfoot. <laughs> Dude, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so it says bigfoot became infected with a deadly disease that could spread to others if the creature remains on the loose in the forest for too long <laughs> wow really that's, whoever wrote this that's that's a hell of a writing job i mean Something i would have created in grade school i was gonna say either that or they just took like a few grams of mushrooms and just <laughs> gave them a few topics and said mash them together boys and that's what they came up with right that is outlandish mark that down like on the list we got to get to that yeah i, I feel, feel like you would have come up with something better than that dude the cat could have definitely come up with something better than that <laughs> it, it, uh, absolutely astounding you know what's uh pretty crazy it's been a little bit of a slower time in music lately and it, you know how it goes as far as like album releases it usually kind of goes in waves and this past week saw one of the biggest album releases of all time, actually. And I don't think that I would have caught this album any other way other than the fact that there hasn't been a lot going on, so I had time to really listen to it. Not because I wouldn't have, but probably just wouldn't have gotten to it. I'm talking about the new Ariana Grande album. Okay. Dude, it is incredible. Really? It is. In she is incredibly talented. The production of it on it is great. She produces, uh, she's like the executive producer on it. And it dives into a lot of stuff lyrically, but just musically, it's brilliantly arranged. Dude, it's something you absolutely have to give less than an hour to. It who, really uh, is. <coughs> who produced it? She did. She produced it herself? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't think she was that kind of an artist. Like, I knew, like, she could sing good, but, you know, there's so many female sure. artists out there that can sing good. But and that's don't. great. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's great. And, like, there are definitely those people out there, but there are le far less people out there that write, produce their own stuff. This is all, I mean, she talks about Mac Miller, Pete Davidson, all that stuff. It's pretty wild, man. It's a really, really good album, though. And it was the fastest to go to number one on, like, the Spotify charts ever. It went to number one in, like, three hours. Wow. So... It's definitely worth your time if you have some time to check out something new that's a little bit different. Okay. 
I mean, is it more of the same type of style and format that she's done in the past, or is this something like an experimental album? It's a little bit, it's so it's a pop album for sure, but it's a little bit of RB type sampling and stuff that she samples a couple of songs. Uh, one is an in sync song. I wasn't familiar with it, but apparently people were going ballistic about it since it's a really popular, like, you know, kind of like a B side of in sync kind of thing. Oh, so Claire was going crazy for it? Yeah, no. I mean, she showed it to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely it. And there's, like, uh, the end of a song where she uses Mac Miller's, like, beats and stuff like that for the end of the song, which is very unique and stuff. It's a yeah. really well-done thing. And she talks about it enough, but not too much and in the right way to where you don't necessarily notice it. It's not like it's a tribute to him or anything like that. But it's just a, a very personal album. But, dude, it's really damn good for a pop album. And I don't listen to a lot of pop, really and truly. Like I said, I don't think I would have gotten to it if it weren't for just happened to be a slow week in music. Yeah. Well, I, I noticed whenever it released, like even my Google News on my phone updated me. It was like, just so you know, the Ariana Grande album. I'm like, why am I getting a notification for this? Yeah, dude. But she's big. She's big now, but she is damn talented, though. I mean, you you know her stuff from, you know, just her previous work. I mean, this is her fifth album now. Wow. But and how old is she? Uh, that's a good question. Let me take a look. She's from Florida, so that was strike one for me. <laughs> and how did she get her claim to fame? Was she like a Disney kid or something? She was on Nickelodeon, uh, like a Nickelodeon show or something like that. Something I've never heard of. That's right. I knew she was like some sort of child star or something like that. She's 25. God. So she's already uh, put out more albums than I have. And yeah, I got her beat by six years age-wise. That's, that's rough. Yeah. That is rough. <laughs> Oh, well, definitely worth your time, though, man, if you have some time for it. Okay. Yeah, I definitely need to get back into just putting on the headphones and listening to music. Yeah, it's one of those, like, it's great to have in the background if you're doing something at work that you don't really have to pay attention to closely, you know, and you can just kind of have it on. Yep, absolutely. We know what that sound means. It's time for us to get out of here. We want to thank everyone for joining us for this edition of Sensibly Loud Radio. If you love the show, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends and family. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and of course at SensiblyLoud.com. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time for another edition of Sensibly Loud Radio. <laughs>